Welcome to the Design, 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 Design podcast, where me, Jesper Bylund, and Jan Arvet poke, prod, analyze, and share our opinions on design, the everyday, the mundane, as well as the exceptional. And we try to explore how people affect and are affected by design. Hi, Jesper. Hi, Jan. How's everything? It's good. I got caught up in a in a very uh, very heavy rainstorm. One of those uh, end of mon- monsoon season rainstorms when it feels like someone is essentially emptying a, a whole bathtub of water on you every every second. But it was kind of fun, actually. Strangely, that actually f- seems enticing to me because it's uh, it's so dry here in Berlin that my fiance's hands are sh- uh, chafing and chipping just from walking around uh, in the apartment. Oh, wow. It's crazy moist in Singapore. Uh, and it's warm. So even if it's raining and you get wet, you don't get cold because, I mean, we're so close to the equator that it's nice and toasty. That sounds absolutely wonderful. And of course, we're revisiting this because last week we didn't record something because we were both out traveling. And uh, well, we're still sort of out traveling, but now we're at least uh, staying put. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. We are. We have microphones in front of us and we have, well, actually, I don't have coffee in front of me, which is kind of a bummer, but I'll live. It is a bit sad. So should we touch upon world events before we start? Very, very depressing world events. Indeed, I I think everyone is glued to laptops, phones, and trying to stay up to date with what's what's happening in in Ukraine, and uh, it is it's heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. It very much is. Yeah, it's a catastrophe of unimaginable proportions. Mm. But there's an issue with podcasting, and that is the fact that we can't control when people listen to this. No, so true. we can't really talk much more about current events because it might be wildly out of date. And there is so much information already about this, both information, misinformation, and disinformation that we don't want to add to the constant noise. And instead, we just want to acknowledge that something absolutely awful is going on and then try to focus on the things that aren't so time sensitive. For instance, how we actually get updated in times of crisis. That is so true. And uh, yeah, so it's the it's March 2nd when we're recording this. So that's uh, a Wednesday. So a couple of days ago before this, this episode goes live. Uh, I, I must say the um, notifications and alerts and staying on top of things, of course, it always changes with sort of what one wants to stay on top of, what one has to stay on top of. But I know that you've, um, you've mentioned this in previous episodes, the, um, the concept of the bings and the dings and the pings, the alerts, the notifications that pop up. Uh, and we wanted to do a whole episode around that. We wanted to talk about how we, our attention, how our attention is captured by the services that we use and rely on. So let's do that. So to get us onto the topic, let's just try to talk about what a notification really is. Because like anything that notifies you of an event is a notification, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about are the little pings and dings that come up on your screen and especially on your mobile devices. And strangely, these aren't actually that old. Um, Notifications was not even invented really when the iPhone was launched. There were uh, things you could get on your phone, like some phones could download your email, but they did that on a schedule. And you could still get text messages and you could get phone calls, but 
there weren't general purpose notifications. That happened a couple of years later. So it's it's a phenomenon that is basically just 10 or so years old. It feels like it's been with us for so much longer. And I'm not sure that's for that that's from sort of a, a positive perspective. It feels like we've been interrupted by notifications for longer than that. Yeah, right. How we use notifications has been around for longer because we've had breaking news for a very long time. Mm, I mean, true. ever since radio made media mainstream back in the what 30s or 20s or even earlier. So we've had we've had interruptive messages sent to us. But that's really not exactly the same because you can turn off the radio and it isn't the same as if my my Notion account suddenly decides that I need to know that somebody updated a document. So there's a, uh, there's a discrete difference between if something is a, a, a news event or if something is just a something worth notifying you about. Currently, like notifications are kind of weird because notifications work the same way regardless if it's like your toaster is ready or your package has arrived or there's crisis information because Russia has attacked. Those notifications are equally large on your screen. Isn't that super strange? That is super strange because it removes it removes all types of urgency and context. Actually, I work with a person who only has notifications on that they identify as positive ones. So it is essentially when a package has arrived or notifications from a chat group where only her closest friends are part of it because she feels that if I'm going to be interrupted, it better be positive. <laughs> I think that's that kind of an interesting, super interesting use case. Yeah, it is. And, and I like it that she's made it so, um, so clear she's, she's put work into making sure that those other notifications that she gets it has a purpose for her and then i guess it doesn't matter that other notifications would look and sound roughly the same but overall for everyone else yeah it is peculiar that there is essentially no difference between how they're how they're done should notifications be different jesper that's a really interesting question. The obvious answer is yes, of course, notifications should be different, but it's not that simple, I think, because what you just said actually describes something that's going on here. So so your friend, she's filtering notifications for exactly the type of notifications that she wants. So for her, the notifications are probably accurate. They should be on the same level. They should be they should have the same order of priority. But the example that I mentioned before that is a nonsensical priority. In a way, it's exactly the same as an email inbox. People send you emails or to-dos, and uh, it's up to you to filter them. But you can't really prioritize them based on their own content because the, the sender doesn't know the priority. The priority is your priority. And notifications has the same issue. That's an, that's an interesting view. But some are more important. In Sweden, we have the 112 app that alerts you if something, if there's like a car accident or if there's a fire nearby. Here in Singapore, we have a similar app, Singapore Safe, I think is, it's called. And essentially, those updates are more important, but they look the same. Yes and no. I don't have an app like that currently, but when I lived in California, I had one. And 
interestingly, like as soon as somebody else makes this choice for you, it can be highly critical. Like the the um, the notifications you get from the one one two app are of course super important, but they're important for society or for a region, which might not necessarily be the same as important for you. For instance, you live in Stockholm, Sweden, and if there's a flood in Stockholm, Sweden, you want to know. But it isn't critical information when you're in Singapore. No, that's true. Then I would like to know about what's happening here. Absolutely. If it's critical, the critical priority should be for wherever you are or whatever it is you are doing. You'd still like to know about the flood in Stockholm, of course. So I think there is definitely a lot of work to be done with notifications. But it is a really interesting problem because I think we started this little tangent on the question, uh, should they have different priorities? Should they look and sound different? And I think they should, but maybe priority is not the filter we should be using. They should probably look and sound different, but you should probably be able to group them based on your mood or what you're doing. In the latest version of iOS, there's actually a an interesting take on this by Apple. So they allow you to do basically roll-ups of notifications. Notifications still look and sound the same, but uh, you can have focused periods where during which you only allow notifications from some apps. In a sense, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Like you could set a context and you only see the notifications that are applicable in that context, which could sort of make sense. But of course, this doesn't scale. Like there's no, you can't share your context with your computer or with another device. It's just on your or your cell phone. I wonder if the cell phone is the right right place for it. Maybe a watch or a ring or something else that you that you wear is a better interface for this. I'm thinking about one of the reasons I love my my Apple Watch is that it makes me use all my other devices less, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. If it turns up on a watch, I'm aware of it quicker than if it turns up on my phone. And if I do need to do something, I can then obviously grab a phone or a iPad or something else. But it's sort of, it's it's very light touch getting alerts on the phone. Getting alerts that way makes it more okay to get more of them. This is only my my own very personal view on it because they, they're not very interruptive. They're very, very light touch. Cognitively, they take up hardly no, no space at all. Whereas I feel that on a phone, they do because there's 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 a lot of physical movement there's a lot of screen there's there's a lot of steps one might need to open up the um, unlock the phone etc that is absolutely fascinating because what you just said contains several interesting assumptions about notifications oh, one good. of them is the <laughs> one of them is that notifications might be different or have different value on different devices I, I agree that I prefer some notifications on my my watch, but uh, the next assumption you made is that, and the one you identified, is the fact that you think notifications are less intrusive and therefore you can have more of them on the watch. While for me, I would rather have a lot of notifications on my Mac than on my watch, because on my watch, I always get them. While on my Mac, I only get them when I'm at my Mac. Mm. Um uh, one more thing, which I this is this is actually a question. Um, because of that assumption, you get a lot of notifications on your watch. So how do you act on them? Very often, I don't need to act on them, which is which is good. I'm made aware of 
an event or something has been completed or started or is coming up. And I don't actually need to act on it on a device as such. Just being made aware of the thing is very often enough for me to just slightly adjust what I'm doing or sometimes go, oh, okay, that's good or bad or fun or interesting. And then I move on with things. There's I'm guessing now, but I'm thinking that it's probably less than less than a fifth of what pops up on my watch that I actually need to interact with. And I like that. I like that. It's more about awareness than interaction. That's absolutely fascinating because my question seems to indicate that I don't use notifications in that way, that I use notifications as a task system, almost like a task queue. Mm. I'm not sure if I do. Uh, currently, I'm uh, reevaluating all sorts of life choices, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is very interesting. That is not what I expected at all. I'm looking at I'm looking at my watch right now, and while we've been recording, I've gotten two messages from my colleague Katerina, mm-hmm. and I have another one which is about a meeting that I have in about an hour's time that the meeting is confirmed. And I got also actually a a, um, a weather alert. None, not all of those are very are relevant to me, but none of them actually required me to do anything. Well, maybe the maybe I should find another umbrella, I guess, because I left the taxi. <laughs> but that's not an immediate thing. I, I can probably sort that on the way out. But I'm very happy that I got all of these notifications because it puts my mind at ease about things that are going on and are on track while I'm recording this together with you. That is absolutely fascinating. Now, one of the things that I we've discussed previously that annoys me about notifications and that I've wanted to ask you about for a long time ties directly into this. So one of the, one of the things that I think notifications are strangely designed for is the fact that I can't go back in time. When a notification disappears off my phone or my watch, it is gone. And I need to remember it if I missed it or if I misclicked it or something. I have no idea what that notification was about. How do you feel about that? I'm thrilled about that because the notification in itself is just an extension of something else that's going on. There will be a calendar event. There will be an update from uh, from Katerina in whichever app that pinged me about this, in this case, WhatsApp. So it's it's still there somewhere. And... I'm glad it goes away. I'm glad I don't I don't need to deal with it in in any way. I guess I do sometimes when I need to do a clear all on the watch to get all the notifications um, off, but that's the only thing. So no, I'm thrilled. I'm the opposite. I'm thrilled that they go away. I mean, that is absolutely fascinating. This could be the first time on this podcast where we've actually discovered something. It only took two seasons and a total of 10 episodes. What have we discovered? I'm still not sure. Well, what we've discovered is that notifications is not actually a specific system that works for everyone because you and I use notifications differently. So how notifications should look and how they should function should therefore be different for you and I because we have completely different use cases for them. An example of that would be that in your case, you should not have a persistent history of your notifications. Well, in my case, a persistent history would probably be a very good idea. Hmm. What was the latest notification that popped up on your um, on um, any of your devices? 
on any device, I have two calendar reminders uh, about upcoming meetings from my calendar app on my Mac, which I'm recording this on. So it's on the screen. Before that, uh, I did check my watch as well. And the latest notification on my watch was check your rings because I haven't been moving enough, apparently. So meetings and movement. So questions. Were you aware that you hadn't been moving around as much physically? And were you aware that these meetings were coming up at the times that the um, that the watch told you? Yes. So th these are excellent questions because in, in my case or in this case, yes, 100% super aware. The, um, the uh, Apple Watch notification about moving around was completely pointless. It is just a waste of space and I don't know how to turn it off. But the, uh, the calendar notification is actually a little bit annoying because often I do need the notification. I do need to be reminded that yes, there is an upcoming meeting in 15 minutes and I, I need to stop whatever it is I'm doing. But these notifications are also sort of persistent. So I get a stack of notifications about my calendar all day long, and most of them are not really informative. Does that answer the question? Or did I just complain? <laughs> well, I think you did both, because this leads into to the whole idea of well-being and health. If something constantly tells you that what you're not working on is not as important, because here is an alert about something else that you'll be doing, it does generate a certain amount of stress. That's very we true. Want to be in the here and the now and the focus and focus on what we're doing and enjoy what we're doing, then these friggin' updates are so counter that way of thinking and working. I I actually believe that when one has a lot of these distractions, these types of alerts that start triggering thoughts on other things, the quality of your work and your well-being goes down. I firmly believe that that is the case. Turning off these types of notifications that tell you that you should also be aware of something that you're doing in four hours' time is a huge step towards a more considered way of working and thus a more a better well-being. I know that there's so many people that completely disagree with that. Maybe you do too. But I've tried it myself, and it and it works. And it works. It's if if I forget, you know what? If I forget something. Well, at least what I was working on now was delivered to a high quality and everything was good and fine. If I forget it, I forget it. That's fine. I didn't need that alert. I completely agree. And especially when it's something that isn't useful. Like if I'm if I'm deeply into working on something and I see that, oh no, I have a meeting in 15 minutes, then it's completely fine that I get that notification because I know now that I have to finish up what I'm doing, summarize, make sure that I know where to pick up the next time I can get into this uh, this focus topic. But if this happens constantly during the day, then I will never be doing anything. I will just be preparing for whatever I'm going to do next the entire day, which means that I'm not actually shipping anything. I'm not delivering mm. on what I should be doing. So I have What's one it? more topic that I would like to raise or one more question that I would like to ask uh, before we wrap this up, which is, you get you said you'd get notifications from WhatsApp. I do too. I'm on all the chat apps just like everybody else. But I'm also in a lot of groups on a lot of these apps. And I would prefer if I could set notifications for specific humans or specific groups, maybe, not for the entire app. How do you feel about that? As it's on the watch, it's so easy to just ignore. If I see it's from someone that I'm I don't really have the bandwidth to think about, or I simply don't care at the moment. It, it was a fraction of a second, and I kept doing what I was doing. So it doesn't really bother me, I must say. And, and I, 
I think a lot of the people that I work with uh, also have a very a very restrained way of using WhatsApp, and it's something that we've also made a decision on, like when we use it and what it's what it's for. It's not sort of for casual chatting. It's if there is a there is some type of urgency to it um, in terms of time. Usually, then we use WhatsApp. Otherwise, we'll use a different a different way of communicating, whether it's email or something else, Slack. What have you? So no, I'm not. I'm not that bothered. I've actually gotten another three alerts on my watch since since I mentioned it last, um, and um, I haven't been bothered by them, even though all three were not at all important for me. That's really interesting. I, I also love how you have a uh, considered approach to which channel you use for communication. Because if I get to interpret this, or I, if you let me interpret this, and you'll have to uh, see if I was, or tell me if I'm right or wrong. But if I interpret this correctly, that you're using a, a chat message app with notifications for something that is urgent, and then with less urgent communication, you're using email, which is probably not connected to notifications then. So it's not synchronous. That's correct. Yeah, we we are very um, we're very clear about how to use synchronous versus asynchronous communication, and it's not just because we're in in so many time zones, all the way from Brazil to Singapore and everywhere in between, but also because it, it makes it a lot easier to find info. You you kind of know that if it was something that was time critical. It's probably in WhatsApp. If it had to do with developing on a topic somewhere, well, it was in a, on another platform. So it creates sort of an, an additional awareness of also about where to find information if you know how it's used and you use it that way yourself. That is actually super fascinating. It's not really on the topic of notifications, though, but I would love to get in on this deeper at some point. Maybe we could do an entire episode on communications channels and what type of communication should go where. I would love that, and it's that's sort of the sad part of it. I love this kind of stuff, like the like the double meta meta of how we humans actually communicate and why we do it and when we do it and in what context and how that makes us better at what we do, what it brings more satisfaction or the complete opposite because it's damn complicated to get it, it right. Takes so much consideration and so much trial and error, and it is not one tool fits everything which which is a very common approach in a lot of organizations and um, like you said that's a completely different topic for another day it is a completely different topic but it's also a super fascinating one so maybe we should book uh, book some time for that because i'm i'm already i'm already triggering on all sorts of things you just said that i want to get in on excellent just uh, just um just collect that that rage and uh, bring it out <laughs> <laughs> So what did we actually learn here today? I think we learned that when it comes to alerts, when it comes to um, things that grab our attention, there are so many use cases that the more we can tailor them ourselves, also in terms of how we, whether we need to, whether we need them to turn from alerts into something that's more persistent is a huge part of this. And that some people are already so advanced in this that they've made a clear decision about only wanting to be alerted to things that bring them joy. Yeah, I think that's a very good summarization or summary. Like with any topic, I think what is most interesting about this conversation is the fact that as soon as you get into it, you realize that there's much more to it than just the surface area. 
there are so many considerations that we need to take into account. There are so many use cases and edge cases that can affect how these things should work. And this is an area where anyone who designs for attention, essentially, really has a huge job to do and to ask these types of questions and to truly understand how this fits in with everything else that's going on in life. Because my goodness, alerts, whether you love them or hate them, whether you're okay with them or not, they are a distraction from what's going on. Maybe one deals with it very well and very quickly or not. But when you're agreeing to work on something that is a distraction, you have a huge responsibility as a designer. I think that is the perfect thought to end this on. Thank you very much, Jan. This was really informative. Thank you, Jesper. Here comes the music. Music.